0: Everybody and welcome to the Prime Subjective. I'm Chris Newcomer. This is a Star Trek podcast. Welcome to the Prime Subjective. Uh, with me today, we've got Carrie Coleman Henners.
1: Whoa, 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 It's Carrie <laughs> <Kerry laughs> Coleman Henners coming at you.
0: We've got Michael Henley coming
2: to you from the dark. Hey, it's Michael Henley coming to you from the dark.
0: <laughs> You peaked in so many ways there. I love it. And then, of course, coming from the deck of the Enterprise D, we've got Janium.
3: You ever examine your life through the lens of color theory and find the palette a bit lacking? <laughs> Wow. is my
0: favorite part of the episode where Jay comes in with a non sequitur that also makes me yeah. feel like he is very smart and I am very dumb. I it's, like that. No,
1: the bit, <laughs> the bit is I'm starting to understand the bit. Like two people do the same thing, but the third person does yeah, the different. Do.
0: Thing. That's the game. I need, we found it. The I game, need you guys. It. I needed to get classic like three.
3: My sad boys out there, some representation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that very much. Well, today we are going to be going over. Um, uh, Lower Decks season three, episode five, Reflections, and also discussing a classic episode chosen by Carrie, season seven, episode 18, 19, I forget which number it is, but it's the episode is 19. Called 19, 19, and the episode is called, yeah. oh, I just watched it, what's it called, it's called uh,
1: Strange Bedfellows,
0: Strange Bedfellows, and Man Where, took my yeah. break because i have to tell you i haven't quite caught up to this episode yet
1: yeah oh yeah. Okay.
0: so i was like oh god that- so, so for me i was like that really that strange bedfellow looks familiar but <laughs> 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 why do i know him
1: what's going on <laughs> spoiler, alert. spoiler alert so um spoiler alerts if you haven't oh, watched man. deep space nine pause this episode of the podcast after we talk about lower decks yeah. watch That's right. watch all watch all of deep space nine start to finish and then come, we'll come
0: back to back this episode and, in 4 weeks it's yeah. part <laughs> of, wait, don't
2: make the mistake that chris made
0: yeah oh chris I wasn't i'm far so maybe like six episodes behind or why whatever episode okay. i wouldn't have known this is, yeah this, this is, is coming is, but um, this yeah. is
2: part
3: of like the legendary i want to say like eight or nine episode episode's long finale yeah, yeah like it's a long rock. arc oh I was God. just like
0: is it's this the two part game. like
3: yeah yeah it's the yeah. end game no
1: it's like the whole thing is just the end of like I don't know I feel like season seven is just like the one big long last episode
0: <laughs> well now I'm just watching it through to the end and I'll just fill in the blanks once I'm done I think that just feels yeah. right yeah. But okay. Before we get to talking about D Space Nine, and mm-hmm. my brain sort of percolating on the very familiar mm-hmm. Bajoran in Kaiwin's bed, um, mm-hmm. I would we're gonna first start by doing my favorite
3: thing, which is asking everybody how they're doing. So first, we're gonna start with Jane Yam. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I saw They Might Be Giants in concert in Pittsburgh uh, oh, oh, this, this weekend. Excellent. Great, great performance. Um, phenomenal. Just so much fun they're just a band that that is so full of creativity and oddness and life in like the best ways
0: do they still play the classics did you get like Istanbul it's Constantinople but we got <laughs> Istanbul it's
3: Constantinople we got um we got uh they, they performed a song in reverse that was crazy hmm. birdhouse
0: uh, uh, birdhouse
3: in your soul ooh. um and then there's my favorite song well I've One of my, my girlfriend and I's favorite song from They Might Be Giants is called Dr. Worm, it's a delightful song um, about a a worm Mm -hmm. who's not a real doctor but is a real worm and he likes to play the drums and you, and it just sort of builds from that beautiful beginning and we were Mm -hmm. waiting for it, I was wearing a shirt that has, that references that song and they didn't play it and they ended the concert and then they had an encore and they still didn't play the song. And then ah. they had a second encore. <laughs> and the very last song they played that night was Dr. Worm. And my girlfriend was in the bathroom. So she ran out. Oh we, no. As the song started, <laughs> and we managed to catch the whole thing. Left. Oh,
2: that's great. Yeah.
0: That's like when I saw Tenacious D and they didn't do um. Can you guess what song they saved for their last encore? If anyone's familiar with Tenacious oh, D. Oh, tribute. No, they did tribute within the oh. show. They did, um, and pardon my language, they did Fuck Her Gently as yeah. final. I mean, there you go. I mean, got to save this problematic song <laughs> for the end, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> That's how you get people to stay for your whole con. That's right.
0: I, was, I I only know that that happened. I had already actually begun my exodus because uh, it was at the band center. And I was like, we're going to drive and get back out of here. Well, good day. I'm glad you watched They Might Be Giants. Glad you had fun. I'm glad you maybe got a hug from your girlfriend while that song happened with hands that might not have been washed. That's great. It's good. Uh, oh, <laughs> we were wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's where my brain went. Um, Carrie, how are you doing?
1: Yes. Well, I'm doing fine. But I've decided that my review for this How You Do in segment would be um, She Hulk. Uh-huh. she hulk uh marvel uh disney plus um it's a it's fairly new it's fairly new uh t- addition to the marvel universe on disney plus uh so um if you haven't seen it uh you should watch it i guess um if that's if you like Marvel. so this is how i feel about marvel and i think i've said this before watch uh-huh. it if you want to if you don't <laughs> that's okay um the show is about a hulk, she-hulk hulk the cousin of bruce banner and uh she they get in some sort of car accident in the beginning or whatever and she gets his blood mixed with her blood and because they're related that it like reacts and then she becomes she-hulk and the concept is she's so much better at transforming from she-hulk to her uh herself Back and forth because she's just better at managing her anger than Bruce Banner, and he had to take a long time to figure it out. But she's already figured it out, so she's better at it. But also, she doesn't want to be a superhero because she's a lawyer, and she wants to be a lawyer. So I like the concept of like superheroes, like people with superpowers needing a lawyer. I think that's a really fun concept that I would like them to push it harder because it's just kind of too too much of a rom com for me. It's mm-hmm. too much of a like, I'm, you know, just this high powered lawyer, but I'm having trouble getting a date. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I could almost I could almost forgive that. But the part that I don't like so much is the asides to the camera. And that's what keeps bothering me. And yeah. ever since we've been doing this podcast, and I think I have a little J NIM inside of my head. And little Jay Nim inside of my head little says Jay He's just like inside my head. It's just like a little devil on your shoulder. And he's just like inside my head. He's like like pocket sized. And he's like, what do they think? I'm an idiot. Do they need to explain this stuff to me? Uh-huh. Can't we just watch the show? Do they need to spell it out for me? Damn. That's what little that's what little Jay Nim says. And I'm like, you're right, little Jay Nim. This is correct. That is a correct wow. assessment.
0: Oh my God. Um I'm so two- sorry.
1: Yeah no it's fine
3: (laughs) i'm so sorry you just enjoy less things like objectively when when you look at life and like have that like you just i just enjoy less things than if i didn't think those things i'm so sorry
1: yeah i mean i they just need i i just hate when shows do that like break the fourth wall and talk to the camera like yeah it's gonna be one of those episodes Mm. right guys like that sort of thing it's a
0: little too, too self-congratulate an unearned yeah. self-congratulatory yeah.
1: Mm. yeah the most recent one was they were at a wedding yes it's going to be a wedding episode in the middle of the season because that's what weddings are like look at my outfits you know like that sort of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like, i do love tatiana
0: Maslani, though i think she's a very talented yeah. actress. me too mm-hmm. uh, actress
3: they, are they toned down how horny the she-hulk character is supposed to be
1: she's not yeah, she's not I think super horny. She's no, super horny. But people are horny around her, so.
0: Oh. Uh... oh. But only when she's She-Hulk, and when she's only just when a regular person, She-Hulk. they're like, whatever. They're like, Meanwhile, Tatiana mazlali is like a beautiful
1: woman. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. I get. I'm like, what? They're
1: like, she's she's not our type.
0: It's so like, anyway, no, I want to get my... smothered.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> so, also, I'm doing well. <laughs>
2: uh i haven't seen the show yet um but i will say too it, it it suffers from. me part of the reason i didn't make it a priority is only because it suffers from the fact that well if i want to watch a show with tatiana maslany where she plays multiple characters it's going to be orphaned. i have one i have one and it's really good so it's like you know
0: hello yeah
2: I agree well, you know
1: completely. what i think that's a good part about this like she she isn't different when she changes she's basically the same except she has okay you know, superpowers like she she manages to control her anger in a way so mm-hmm. anyway it's probably an interesting part.
0: okay well i'm glad to hear that how you're doing is she hulk
3: is okay and you should watch only if you want to yeah wait, 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 <laughs> hold on. that's such an interesting rating system for shows what's something that we should watch even if we don't want to. Like what <laughs> <something that laughs> part of the Venn diagram? Yeah.
1: The expanse.
3: Okay. Uh
1: just I don't care if you don't want to watch
3: it. And what's something that we shouldn't watch even if we want to?
1: Mm. Mm. Um. Ace Ventura pet detective.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you don't think <laughs> it holds up? You don't
0: think that movie from the '90s holds up? It's crazy. No, don't watch
1: it.
0: There, are, there, are, there, are parts of
2: it that definitely do not hold up.
0: <laughs> I just think of Ace. The only thing I can remember from the whole series is the one, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. It's from the second one where he's doing surveillance inside a fake rhino. Yes.
2: Comes
0: out of the rhino through the indeed. Blood, and
2: it's like <laughs> a
0: rhino. It's a. It's a. It's quite a. Quite a visual.
2: Um, on that note, Michael Henley, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm actually going to... Uh, sure, I'll review something, too, actually, while I'm at it. Um, uh, I don't <laughs> not have anything designed, else. Which okay. yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> not, like, it, not what our host had now. in mind. Mike yeah. Henley, what are you hiding? It's are you hiding? a thing. <laughs> uh no but um uh i i started watching uh i have not watched she hulk uh i did start watching uh the new star wars series Andor, which oh. i think is really good actually um i've been very agnostic about the star wars shows like i was you know and and i wasn't really enthusiastic about this one uh going into it so i completely i was very skeptical because um this is a prequel to a prequel. It's a spinoff of a character who kind of didn't really register for me, you know, when in, in the movie he was in. So it's like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And then I start reading good reviews and then I, the people I trust are basically like, it's really good. I'm like, all right, let's see. And I think it's really good, actually. Um, and it's got me more excited about star wars than i think i have been in a while like a long while Get the hell out of here then (laughs) (laughs) no no i've liked i've liked the early stuff like i i the the you know the the stuff recently like i haven't disliked anything too much but like there hasn't been anything about that i'm just like yeah this is it but like what i like about this show is it really dials down on the star wars signifiers and easter eggs it really um not in a way that for me, it feels like, it It doesn't feel like this doesn't take place in the same universe, but it, it's more just like, this doesn't have to keep reminding you it's Star Wars every five seconds. Um, and what it does do is tell a really, like, political and incisive and angry story about a bunch of different things um and i like the social commentary that's kind of baked into it it's like it it, it comes out of the gate really really swinging it borrows from kind of film noir tropes and um and and, and somehow kind of makes them fit in spy thrillers and stuff like that um it's very political it's very has a lot of things on its mind including like you know uh exploitation of you know third world regions and uh you know uh private police um you know and police in general um and things like that and it's it's and and it winds this up into like a really compelling story i think for me i think a lot of people are going to find it slow i found it um you know deliberate but not boring i was certainly not bored by it and you know if anyone's thinking about watching it i would say give it the first 3 episodes cuz they're kind of designed to kind of work as a piece as kind of like a pilot movie that's just kind of arbitrarily split into three episodes uh the, the third episode i think really pays off things very very well i'm really excited about this show actually and uh i know a lot of you know fans of the franchise are disliking it oh excuse me sorry are liking it actually very much and the people who are disliking it are kind of hung up on like Psh, this isn't star wars it's too this it's too that and interestingly enough i feel like i'm just saying where have i heard this before oh i remember when i was on the internet in 1993 and star trek d space 9 started where people were basically just saying like this is so different and i hate it and i'm going this is so different and i love it um so um you were on the- t- take that for what's worth you were on the
0: internet when you were 11 years old oh yeah easy Oh my goodness! You were dialing up to chat. Rooms oh yes, yeah. to talk about Star Trek. at eleven. You've In got AOL. mail. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was also going to chat rooms, but I wasn't talking about Star Trek. Um, <laughs> that's why you're cooler than me, Chris. Sorry, Chris. What were you talking about?
1: Nothing. I was being.
0: I don't tell my bad. Oh, my parents. Be mad. Um. No. um <laughs>
1: I was one of the very earliest catfishers online, so I know I all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the oh. '90s, I was telling everyone I was a hot cheerleader and I needed a date.
3: Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. did, did anything come of that? Oh my goodness!
1: No, because then you would just then I would just like turn the computer off and giggle a lot. <laughs> that
3: would same, be same.
1: That's um, a ridiculous um, share that I probably shouldn't have shared.
3: It's okay. I do the same thing. I was Guinness World, world Record first person to catfish online. <laughs> Everyone's just I glaring know. at you as you go to get the award. <laughs> and
0: when she's leaving out the man she catfished, Brad Pitt.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: He got in there and he really, she really broke his heart. I did. But um, that's
1: why he's such a good actor because he channeled that into his acting.
3: still yeah. channeling that, that grief. What yeah. was your screen name back then, Carrie?
1: I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> why not? Because I don't remember. Michael,
0: do you remember, remember your screen name? From before James Bourne? <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> uh,
3: Michael?
2: Mike's still here? I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. I don't... A lot hmm. of
3: conveniently forgotten embarrassing musicians around here. I
2: know. Um, it was probably something dumb. I don't remember. Both of uh, mine were
0: kind of dumb. I remember I had one when I first got it. It was Anubis 13. I was cool. in oh, Egypt
1: oh. Ooh. yeah. At the
0: and then when I got over that, I was in a the th- musical theater, so it was Nicely X2, because I had played Nicely, Nicely yeah. Johnson and Guys and Dolls. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. <was> <laughs> Um, yeah, and I didn't have sex to college. Unsurprisingly, no. no.
2: <laughs> well, as someone who played as someone who played That's Angie the Ox, in guys normal. and dolls, I salute I you.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: oh, there you go. We could do a full, a whole guys and dolls I, thing. Yeah, I know. But we probably shouldn't. We I probably was definitely
1: shouldn't. a hot box girl at least in two productions. So. I we love know that.
0: Well, you get all the fun songs? I love yeah. you a bushel, a, and a bushel and a, and a peck. peck. A bushel, a bushel and, a and, peck. A and, a and a peck and a <laughs> hug around the neck. Anyway, um. That's not what this is about. We're here to talk about no. Star Trek.
1: Guys, don't get distracted.
0: Don't get distracted. Also, I'm doing well. And Oh, um...
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even give us a chance. No, I
1: didn't. I just
0: went
3: for
0: <laughs> it. Um... Yeah, I, I had a great weekend. I went to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buck the trend and just talk about how I actually am doing and how my weekend was. I
3: did that too. Cool.
0: Jay did. I know. I know. know. We're yeah. doing a little. We're doing little bookends. Right. Of, yeah. A, a review sandwich inside. Um,
3: how <laughs> I'm doing bread. I'm mm. the opposite of whatever Carrie and Mike do. It's
1: not. It's not mindful. I live vicariously like, through TV shows.
2: Yeah. So I, do I do the same thing. I the same. It's much cheaper than going places.
0: Let me tell you, I just got back from Province Town how you doing? and you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I'm imagining a of like dollar that. bills to go there. I'm imagining like a
3: therapist who asks like Carrie and Mike what they've like how they've been doing, and they just respond with, Well, I'd rather to give a review of a TV show. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't want to pack any childhood trauma, but I'd love to talk about Welcome Back Carter. Um,
3: <laughs> and then Mike Henley talks about how their latest Star Wars Disney show is actually. It's actually good. And the therapist says, Ah, oh, so you're in the bargaining phase.
1: Yeah. Oh,
3: oh, so- wow. We still wow. need to hear.
1: I would still like to hear how Chris is doing. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank I'm you, doing well. Gentleman. i had a great weekend.
0: I was away, I was away all weekend in Provincetown for a friend's wedding and I it was so much fun. It's beautiful up there this time of year. Very fall, very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel very relaxed, refreshed, and ready to take the crown. Oh, no, that's a, that's what um, beauty mm-hmm. queens say. I'll get, mm-hmm. get my, my facts straight. But no, it was a good, it was a great trip. I'm so happy I went and spent some time with some friends. That's good to be back. Um, and I have a recommendation for later, but I'm going to save it for recommendations at the end. Um, but I am going to say we should move on to talk about... Uh, Star Trek. I don't know if you guys want to do that. Yeah, I mean, sure. I let's yeah, let's, sure. Um, yeah. Let's,
1: Why not? let's hurry up and get through it so we can get through more recommendations.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're also sandwiching recommendations. It's good. Um, <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3, Episode 5, Reflections. It looks like this is only... Um, is it an eight or ten episode season? It doesn't seem that long. I guess I only do uh, ten
2: normally. I think it's I think it's ten. They've done ten the past two years, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Well, so in this episode, Rutherford's implant malfunctions, allowing an <clears throat> alternate personality to take over. During a skirmish with security, Rutherford ends up in a coma. In, in the coma, in his mindscape, Rutherford realizes that the personality is his younger self, whose memories were saved before he received his implant um, an angry first year recruit in Starfleet who funds his unsanctioned engineering projects by secretly building and racing space vehicles. He challenges uh, current day Rutherford to a race with any vehicle they can imagine. The winner gets control of their body. Uh, Rutherford wins by piloting a Starfleet ship created by his Lower Decks friends Oh, crewed by his Lower Decks friends, but he's, I believe, they don't mention this, but I believe that he was piloting the Delta Flyer from yes. Voyager. Oh, oh
3: they,
2: they do mention it, I think. Don't they?
0: They do they on the show. In this, in this review I'm reading, they don't mention it. Oh, so that's why Chris, oh,
3: oh I, see, I see, I see, yeah. You don't yeah. write your own reviews, Chris? <laughs> you know what, Jay?
0: I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I don't have enough time for that. I'm too busy being charming, okay? I just don't of have enough time for Because <laughs> <Of course. laughs> younger self-conceived.
3: How about you charm your way through the summer <laughs>
0: seeing <laughs> that his new life brought growth and shares a memory of how they got their implant before he disappears. Young Rutherford's experimental engine blew up, gravely injuring him. Shadowy members of Starfleet installed the implant to erase his memories of their own mysterious illegal activity. Meanwhile, Ransom assigns Boimler and Mariner to staff the Starfleet recruitment booth at Tolgana Four's job fair, warning them not to step out of line. They are provoked and mocked by various attendees, including a smug former Starfleet officer, Petra Aberdeen. Uh, Boimler tries to keep Mariner calm, but eventually snaps himself and rampages through the fair, berating the other attendees for taking everything Starfleet does for all of them for granted. Unwittingly, his antics inspire enough attendees to sign up that Mariner meets her quota. Later, Ransom punishes Boimler with a night in the brig, but commends him for defending Starfleet. Mariner receives a communication from Aberdeen who apologizes but offers her a job if she ever finds Ooh. stuff you can find very intriguing <laughs> interesting <laughs> I love the um the Rutherford storyline I was like because they, they've been hinting at a dark mysterious implant past yeah let mm-hmm. sort of, it like, pay off for real I thought that was good
1: I think this was a great um Lower Decks episode but I think it was also a great Trek episode like I think it definitely fits in like with the um the concept of somebody, an evil version of oneself, or a bad version of oneself, or an alternate version of oneself happens so often in Star Trek, and I, I really enjoyed the, the like the job fair thing, people trying to recruit for Star Trek. There were so many fun things in there, so I think it was a good episode overall. Yeah, I
0: agree. Any any other thoughts on moments in the episode that stood out for you? <laughs>
2: It's such a great conceit is the, um, the, the, the job fair thing. Honestly, I like, I I love that. I love to see people bullying Starfleet officers in a very like high school kind of way. That was just hilarious. Yeah. I love the little references to, you know, the, the, whether it's the alien slugs or um uh, God, it was such a pitch right down the plate for us since we're about to talk about Deep Space Nine episode, but since yeah. Deep Space Nine doesn't get referenced enough, I love the conspiracy th- people basically going like tell us what really happened what happened since, to yeah, him? yeah what really
1: happened <laughs> yeah. oh, yes yes um yeah. and I love the idea that sometimes on Star Trek you forget that there's other people out there in the universe doing things that are not Star Trek like Star Trek is not your only career choice and some of the the questions like if you're not military why are you wearing a uniform hmm? explain <laughs> that yeah <laughs> Even... Why do you do these things? Do you want to sit on a ship with? Do you want to sit on a win- windowless ship for seven years? Okay, and probably get turned into a Borg. Fine, do that.
2: <laughs> I even I love how they even knocked on the fact that like how often do you guys update your uniforms? Yeah, <laughs> That's such a great gag. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was really. Uh, oh, yeah. sorry. No, it's okay.
3: I was really glad they didn't try and cram both like a Rutherford storyline of emotional upheaval and a Mariner's uh, emotional upheaval storyline
1: yeah one at a time please
3: one at a time and I'm glad they did that because when I saw the job fair and then this person is there who is everything Mariner has wanted to be free working for themselves with no rules it's like okay great and then Mariner is going to see that and is going to want to be that and there's going to be this whole thing and it's going to realize like oh no I should be with my friends and like I've seen that storyline before but they Mm -hmm. did not do that and they let it left it as a slow burn.
1: This Petra Aberdeen character, I think, is sort of a play on the Vosh character, like the sort of a rogue, independent archaeologist going about Mm -hmm. the the world trading and maybe doing some illegal things. And that was fun.
3: Also, how come they didn't I was I was I I found it strange that they didn't mention the bold Boimler um, (laughs) in this episode. Uh, When but when Boimler goes off the chain and starts starts destroying other people's, he's
1: being bold, Boimler.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's just Um, portrayed as like a genuine emotional reaction rather than a choice to be bold, which I also
2: found very interesting. Mm -hmm. I
3: don't know if much will come of
2: that, but it's still an interesting. You don't see Starfleet characters lose their cool too much, honestly. And Lower Decks does it more often than not because the show is kind of manic in general um but you know even even not counting that uh you know it's like seeing boiler boy play it's it's very it's a very human moment played for last but it's a very human moment that i really enjoyed well it's interesting you call it a human moment because i feel like warf often lost his temper in like true, a but lot that's, of small ways and but that's but that's yeah, warf like and on. so yeah, it's like, it's like, a, you know, he's our designated person who can flip out, you know, like, there's two yeah. things I know about Worf. One, he will, you know, overreact to, you know, any infraction. And two, when the writers are trying to show someone is big, tough and scary, they will have them beat up Worf.
3: In Next Generation, not in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, they gave him the respect he deserved.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had a lot of fun storylines, as I'm now finding out uh, in these <laughs> last yeah. episodes of season seven. Um, I, I did just looked up one thing. Apparently, um, when Rutherford first finds himself not in control of his body in this episode, he accuses the interloper of being an anaphasic alien.
1: Yes. You yes. oh. know what that is? I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, so the, that's the Beverly Crusher ghost candle alien.
0: Yes, that's Ronan. <laughs> an oh, man. Ronan.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so he thought he had a <laughs> sex candle situation on his hands at first, but it turned out to be something <laughs> different. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs>
1: Uh, there's something that I I I uh, thought was that correlated very well to what we have been talking about in the last few weeks because um, I thought that this version of Rutherford, I felt some similarities to like the the two parts of Kirk from The Enemy Within, which we talked about on my episode. Very. Because- yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call him evil, Rutherford. It was just before and after Rutherford. It was like mm-hmm. before the change, Rutherford. He wasn't as good as he was ne- whatever you were, good or bad, whatever. And then there was another part where he's talking to his alternate version of himself in this big white void that was very similar to tapestry, which we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was all like, connected. oh, it's all connected to things <laughs> we have been discussing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I
0: also think that the um the the two sides of Rutherfeld for almost also felt like lore and data as well. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. someone unleashed and someone still sort of bottled up in mm-hmm. some ways. Um,
1: there's, of course, very many episodes where there's people play evil versions of themselves, but I wouldn't yeah. consider that exactly this. I mean, he was sort of a bad, a more badass version of himself, but I yeah. wouldn't I personally wouldn't say evil. just somebody who, was younger and didn't learn yet like that was more so what i would call, describe it as i don't know
3: he wasn't more badass but he was a more ass version of himself like he yeah, was just kind of an ass. ass yeah he just didn't care yeah. like i was surprised that that character wanted to join starfleet and was in the academy mm-hmm. with the, when the like that didn't feel like it computed to me um of, of course, like, there's a lot we don't know, and they could write yeah. in a bunch of explanations about why he sure. went to Starfleet or whatever, but I just didn't get at any sort of, oh. like, fundamental level, why does someone who is that much of an ass, like, want to be in Starfleet? I and don't I'm- know,
1: but it makes me think, like, there's probably a lot of assholes in the military <laughs> and, the <laughs> and uh, you know, universities and places like that. They just end up there.
2: That's not
3: untrue. So,
2: it's not untrue. I th- yeah.
3: I think though, I think though, like a lot of people who fall into that designation are convinced that there's that they're still doing things to help other people.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: they and they don't lie, they lie about that to themselves, even if they are assholes. And it yeah. felt like this bad Rutherford we were seeing did not even yeah. have that pretense. Like he did not even pretend to care about any kind of greater good or helping people or oh, anything. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah.
3: And that's well. part of why it doesn't ring true for me, but i don't know there's a lot we don't know
1: they could write i mean they could write any sort of you're right they could write any sort of explanation as to why yeah
0: it did make me want to have um a grand negus staff um looks
1: pretty cool (laughs) i have to say you gotta get one
0: i gotta get one yeah and it was it
1: roms was it roms well
0: apparently court according we 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 don't know if it's roms still because we're not sure if he's still the negus five years right after ds9 which i guess is when this takes place he gets Five deposed days. very quickly
1: <laughs> yeah i'm sorry that was a major spoiler for you chris and i you mentioned that what you've actually
0: pre-spoiled that for me on this exact podcast before so i already knew the wrong okay.
1: the <laughs> but only in like the last like minute of the last episode so don't even worry about it <laughs> okay good good,
0: good 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 one of those wrap up things What wrap up yeah. surprises <clears throat> that's very funny well, anything else stand out for anybody from this episode? Any other things they they thought were worth mentioning? Yeah,
1: I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but I just like all of the little details at that at that um, job fair. fair. Because there's yeah. so many visual references yeah. and little throwaway references that I could probably be here for a, a, another half hour talking about them all. So it's just
0: <laughs> really fun. <clears throat> I'm looking at a couple screen grab screen grabs. One of them is just a, a booth that says outpost science is real science.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Makes me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, uh well, why don't we move on to our next episode then? And I'm going to yeah. take gently <laughs> take the reins of this podcast yes. and hoist them in Carrie's direction.
1: Hoist it over to me. So recently, um, so I'm just gonna blend a little Trek in the news into this um, um, uh, review of uh, season seven, episode nineteen of Deep Space Nine. Um, Louise Fletcher passed away on the twenty third. She was eighty eight years old, and you might remember if Star Trek, you might remember her as Kaiwin on uh, or. A Vedic win, depending on what episode you're on of Deep Space Nine. Um, but she also had won the Oscar for uh One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest for Nurse Ratchet. And she's just an amazing actress and her her IMDB is is incredible. And uh, you know what? I, I also realized that I had talked about um, Flowers in the Attic on one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. She was also in that movie as the grandmother, who is, you know, awful. Um, But there is a lot. So these characters that she plays, and I think it probably started around the time when she won the Oscar for uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, have this very calm level of quote-unquote evil and the way she plays it is was that the characters didn't think that they were evil and that's what made them so evil they thought that they were doing the right thing they had these strong convictions they Mm -hmm. they could they didn't want to waver from their convictions because they were so they believed so strongly that this was the right thing that they were doing for people um and that is her nurse ratchet character and that's the sky wind character as well so when i started watching deep space nine again watching this character because you can watch it and be like oh she's such a bitch i hate her so much but that's good that's good that's like the sign of a good um performance if somebody's eliciting that response in you because you know you're trying to talk to them and reason with them and they're just silently you know rebuffing rebuffing is that the right word everything that you say with their own logic and their own things so i've just i've decided that we should definitely talk so we all watched um, the season seven ep- uh, episode. Um, oh, my brain helped me. Strange Bedfellows episode 19. Strange, Bedfos, Strange Bedfellows. Um, it was directed by Rene Aubergeois. Rene Auberjonois. is that how you say it? It is, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And yes, also um, may he rest in peace. May also he rest in he peace.
1: Rest in <laughs> peace. And uh written by the fabulous and prolific Ronald D. Moore.
2: He's given us a lot, road, Ron Moore. Yeah.
1: Who's given us so much? still, <laughs> yeah.
2: um, and, st- and the- still alive. I just wanna and still yeah. alive. He's, still, he's giving, still with us.
1: Still giving us stuff. So yes. yes. give us stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, like I said, if you haven't watched Deep Space Nine, I I would love for you. I don't want you to stop listening to us, but I just want to warn you that this is the, towards the end of the series, and it will ruin a lot of the show for you <laughs> <laughs> um, if you continue to listen to it, um, so uh, do so at we your own We open up on
3: a theme park, where they moved off of the deep, no. <laughs> uh,
1: sure. Cisco
3: operates the funnel cake machine. <laughs>
1: Yes, okay, so here's it's uh, a <clears throat> short, it, there's so much in this episode. Um, so I found a synopsis that I also did not write that is succinct as possible. Okay, on the station, Cisco settles into his marriage as Martok advises him to prepare for a lifelong war between partners, referring <laughs> to his new wife. Um, so at, at the same time, Ducat and Kai Nguyen are enjoying hey you know what they referred to him as Dukat in this um uh synopsis but he is not Dukat in this he's Angell he's Angell 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 right? Angell anjo
3: anjo right. Banjo
1: Banjo Banjo Banjo
0: Banjo Banjo and kaiwin have a great and
1: they're they're enjoying conjugal bliss well, they're not married, though. I'm, I'm really suspicious of this. Well, <laughs> when Kai welcome, to my world.
2: welcome to my world.
1: <laughs> another
2: vision. Wait, so this this. Uh, Don't no, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, words. Uh, this time the Paw Wraiths reveal themselves to her, horrifying the Kai. To... Banjo tries to convince her to turn her allegiance to the Paw Wraiths, but Wynne refuses... Unable to receive guidance from the prophets, she turns to Kira for advice on repenting the greed that led her down the path of evil. Kira tells her to renounce her position as Kai, and when balks, balks, she returns to, to Banjo, stating that she has come too far in her career to give up now, so she will embrace the power that the paw race offer her with him at her side. Meanwhile, the Dominion is finalizing their alliance with the Breen. And Damar is alarmed that the Breen are being given preferential treatment over Cardassia within the power structure of the Dominion. His own authority will also be supplanted by the Breen. To make matters worse, Wayun continues to, d- to dismiss the sacrifices of the Cardassian military as appalling losses rack up. Even Weyun accidentally getting himself killed by the imprisoned wharf is little comfort because Wayun and eight continues the same as before Damar descends deeper into drink and resentment thrown in a holding cell wharf and esri refuse to cooperate with dominion interrogators so they are scheduled to be executed in two days they continue to argue about their relationship as they plot their escape after breaking out of their cell wharf gets shot and esri refused to leave him behind but they're soon recaptured anyway. Realizing that they're going to die, the two former spouses finally reconcile. They admit that their brief dalliance was just a holdover from the previous relationship rather than something real. However, they affirm that they still care for each other as more than friends. When Damar arrives to escort them to their execution, he instead kills the two Jem'Hadar guards and gives them an escape route telling them to deliver a message to Starfleet that they have a friend on Cardassia. Not looking a gift horse in the mouth, the periscape. And that is the short synopsis of a very, very
3: complicated,
1: layered, layered yeah. episode.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah.
3: They do look the gift uh, horse in the mouth, and the gift horse tells them to shut up and move yeah. on, and then they do. They're like,
1: <laughs> you can go or you can die. You choose. <clears throat> um yeah uh oh yes so um i was thinking about this as a great um uh, kai win episode but then i realized that this is a really great damar episode damar is such an interesting character Mm. uh on deep space nine he starts out as sort of just like a background like you think he's not important he's just sort of the guy that's helping up helping Goldicott but then his character starts to take a more front facing you know leadership stance and he it's so interesting to watch this character just descend into despair and alcoholism and
2: <laughs>
1: um, he's just realized he's been been a puppet this whole time like he has no power at all in any way and he's just completely miserable and this is the episode where he just is like i'm done this is it this is the last straw so um yeah
2: one of my favorite things about what they do with this character here too is that i love this this is a theme that i really enjoy which is that you know damar ends up being really a hero in this back quarter of the season, you know, or mm-hmm. I don't know about hero basically because the great thing about Deep Space Nine the Shades of Gray um and Tamar yeah. is definitely a very gray character. And that's what I like about it because there is a uh, inherent righteousness to what he ends up adopting into his cause Chris I'm sorry basically but but um you know it's it's Cardassia for Cardassians basically and you know Mm -hmm. and and I love what the show does in its final end where uh, you know Cardassia starts the show as you know withdrawing from a um occupation and now they're the occupied ones you know in the end
1: Um, oh Mike you're so correct you're so correct the show does this with all of its bad guys you you empathize with them (laughs) do you're like oh wow i just feel so bad (laughs) that they've ended up in this situation yep that was out of their control
2: but what i especially like here is that i like the fact that demar this is the kind of the 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 beginning of demar's turn into a revolutionary and i love how it starts with like petty stuff and some of it is you know kind of righteous indignation about how Cardassians in general are being treated but Part of it is embarrassment and feeling like a puppet. And like, and like that's because I think that's a really cool reflection of like how sometimes that's how these things work, where you have like this great political turmoil where everyone kind of enters into it for kind of different reasons. And some of them are kind of selfish or at least kind of you know like i'm tired of not having my ego kind of stroked kind of thing um but ultimately it doesn't matter because it becomes part of this greater purpose i think that's a really cool idea uh, and i love what they do with this character too i mean he he grows a spine and he grows you know values and and all that kind of stuff it's not like he is a selfish a-hole or anything like that but yeah. he it, it really tempers his starting place from like a very yeah. kind of petty personal grudge place which i really yeah. like yeah
1: I would even say that he doesn't grow values, but his values, his shifts, like he has a different realization because he was the o- also the one who to uh, murder gold Dukat's daughter.
2: Yeah, true.
1: And he's thinking, like I was saying before, that these bad guys, they think that they're doing the right thing.
3: Oh, right? mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah. He, yeah. I feel like he pretty unambiguously ends as a hero. Um. Because he he manages to slay the the great sort of demon that Dakot never did, which is his pride, and he's willing to yeah. even he's willing to to even like basically basically admit that the Cardassians were wrong to occupy Bejor, right? Um, you you we chose the Changing Face of Evil, but if you go two more episodes, we get to my favorite episode of the of probably of this finale, maybe of Deep Space Nine tacking into the wind.
2: Oh yeah,
3: which is where where Kira is sent to train the Cardassians on how to be resistance fighters, and it's just mm-hmm. a tinderbox. Like there are so many yeah. sparks flying all the time. Um, I'm I'm currently in the middle of
0: that episode because Dukat is there. As, I mean, and uh, G- um, Garrick is there as well. Garrick, is, another yes, layer yeah. of oh, like,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it's sort of and and uh, Damar is faced <clears> with <throat> this choice of like, yes, you're fighting for Cardassia. And you're willing to do anything for, you're willing to lay down your life for Cardassia, but are you willing to lay down, to like fight alongside people you loathe and acknowledge that your, that the nation you're so proud of has mistreated them and done horrific things to them? Like, are you willing to accept that? Mm -hmm. And it's sort of the, there's that maxim, right? Where it's like, are you willing to die for your, die for your, like, um, die for the cause? And this is sort of a, a more extreme version. Are you willing to live in shame? Great mm-hmm. cause, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, that's the yeah, yeah. and that's this more reminds, difficult, me, yeah. In so many ways.
1: This also reminds me just now as why I was so excited in discovery that the president of the Federation had could Cardassian and Bajoran uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and human um, uh, DNA, <laughs> because it just it without telling the whole story, it it like made you think like oh there has been advancement from this There, something good has come from this so um that's that's one of the reasons why i was so excited about the the federation president and discovery
0: <laughs> that's very good but yeah this is a bit of a non sequitur i'm so sorry carrie is there a painting of a woman with a fish head behind you or am i misreading
1: it's a cheese. It's a ch- block of okay. cheese. Block of cheese. Okay, great. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a woman with a block of cheese for a head. Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> I painted it. It's, fu- it's mine. <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> this is for the cheese progress. shop, right? Yeah. Hopefully. Okay, great. If, if, they're, if they think it's good. <laughs> I'm sure they will. It looks great. <laughs> Thank you.
0: I will say, um, back to Star Trek, sorry, I can rewrite yeah. the ship. Um, watching Worf snap Weyoun's neck was very satisfying, and then I remembered oh. that he was a clone, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah.
2: It's so great, and it's, yeah. it's basically treated like a gag, and I love DeMar's reaction to it. First, he laughs in the room, and then he needles the next Yoon when he kind of wanders in.
0: Right. Doesn't um, Weyoun feel so like funny. a queer coated
3: villain, though? He's kind of
0: just like, well, he's very that vibe. Yeah. Me.
3: I mean, he is in many ways um, yeah. repressed yeah if you yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. literally literally has been coded to not have a sense of aesthetics or taste and he's just sort of flailing in it yeah okay yeah. man the dominion is a fucking sad it's a yeah. terrifying like it's it's not really shoved in your face but if you stop to think about any of the aspects of the dominion they're sort of horrifying like them, mm-hmm. you will just, they will just breed like slaves, and they will not even know, yearn for freedom, because we don't give them the things that would make them wish for freedom.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah we'll make created. our soldiers
0: addicted to a drug yeah. they
3: need, so they'll fight for us. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 But I well, think the Vorda gets sort of underrated in that machine, because they, they couldn't even, like, what would they do with freedom? It's not like they'd pursue art, or like, right. they, they have no desire yeah. for any they sort were, of early passions at all. Yeah,
1: they were created for this. And
2: that's depressing. I think that, depressing. Right. Well, it's like, and oh, go ahead, Carrie.
1: Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that uh, Jeffrey Combs, who played so many characters on Star Trek, I think so good. I think that Wei Yun was his favorite. I I recall him saying in an interview that he enjoyed playing Wei Yun the best, but I could be mistaken.
3: Who else did Jeffrey Combs play? He played Shran in Enterprise.
2: Oh. He, yeah, he was he he was multiple characters on um, yeah, I mean he showed up in at least one Voyager and uh, and 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 Enterprise he recurred I believe as well, uh, and he he played two characters on Deep Space Nine too because he also plays Brunt, uh, the Brunch. Ferengi from FCA, mm-hmm. yep. uh, who uh, you know uh, shows oh, up. Oh, the one yes. who's always so mad at yes, yeah, yes, Quarkus is like nemesis. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. he's he's (laughs) apparently he's apparently played 10 characters damn Uh, he he had like a weird guest star as one random character also on deep space nine so there were three deep space nine characters
2: Mm -hmm. and chris i don't want to spoil things but uh you know no wait four
1: sorry four
2: Je- Jeffrey Combs is so good that there were people who worked on Deep Space Nine that for several years, because he would never play the same character in the same episode. So they would never, they never knew that he was the same actor playing both roles until, Ooh. Chris, I don't mean to spoil it for you, but towards the end, I think maybe the second to last episode Sounds is like an episode where, well, <laughs> well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there is an episode coming up where he plays both at the same, it, it, within the same episode.
0: Oh, fun. Okay.
2: Uh, which is super fun. So he plays Brunt and Wayun. He plays Brunt and Weiyun, yes. And the credits <laughs> even say and Jeffrey because Brunt, Brunt is here to make Rom to make the Grand Negus. Okay, I have all this <laughs> the <body. world> I <laughs> <down. laughs>
1: <There>, just said it. I
2: just said that's <laughs> you.
1: There was one episode of Lower Decks that he also guest starred on as the that's evil right. computer. Yeah. The evil computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh funny. <laughs> So he's a Star Trek everywhere. He's everywhere. He's just getting
0: all that Star Trek coin. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for mm-hmm. him.
1: Go to those conventions and he's milking it.
0: Truly though, you book one role on one of these shows that's memorable you can learn that for the rest of your
2: life well he's got he's got horror people too because like he's um he was in uh reanimator uh back in the 80s which is a a, you know a a classic for horror people so like he he um you know he he drinks from both uh you know uh uh, fountains honestly he's got the the sci-fi people and he's got the uh he's got the horror people
0: and I'm like, Jennifer was, Leanne, he's alive. Yeah. I'm
2: kidding, no, she also. She's
0: <laughs> also
1: <alive>.
2: <laughs> 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 Jennifer leigh is also alive.
1: Oh my God. What if that was the news this week? Oh my God. I would have
0: felt very bad
2: if that and, was the news this week. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, but I was oh telling people all weekend how strong and wrong I was on our last episode. Uh, really <laughs> believing it, because I truly have been telling people that for three years. My friend Lawrence was like, yeah, you told me that last year. And I didn't, I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um the other the other plot line of course uh, is the um Dax and Worf plot line we have to resolve this because Jadzia his wife the the epic wedding of Jadzia and Worf Jadzia was murdered by Gul Dukat. spoiler yes. alert um but then Ezri took over and Esri is not like Jadzia at all very very different I never enjoyed Esri and I did not like Esri with Worf <laughs> um I start Ezri starts to warm up on me for me starts to warm up for me on uh the towards the end but um I just didn't like, I had a hard time getting her well, and they, it's like while. unfair
0: to her it was unfair to terry farrell yeah after six yeah. seasons she cut her out yep. and then make this one actress have yeah. to win our love after i mean just yeah yeah yeah, well, wait, yeah. Can, we get,
3: can we get imdb here to tell us uh what actually happened with the with terry farrell leaving do we wasn't she it a contract dispute
1: left it was a contract I... dispute and then she mm-hmm. went to go do another show she went to cbs to do becker who was like gonna be better to her she she was not happy with the way they were treating her character or they had complaints about um how women were treated like in star in the star trek world that weren't being heard and there was contract disputes and um so she left (laughs) and then she it was the right move for her so
2: yeah. Maybe a, a controversial take on Esri, which is, um, I actually kind of always liked Ezri, or maybe I should say I liked what she represented. I just think the show picked the wrong time and it was because of forces outside their control to introduce her character. Because the great thing about the Dax character as a symbiont is the fact that she does, you know, exit a body and enter another body. And I feel like the way to do that is to introduce a character, it, to, to do that... I don't know, halfway through the show um, or something like that. It's tough to do it in the show's final season when the show has a lot of business to focus on to also have that. And I feel like that kind of colors a lot of the Esri stuff in the final season, including this episode, because it just feels like stuff being crammed into the overall story. You know, the t- stuff that Ezra needs to deal with when we're running out of time to kind of do it, kind of. So, like, that's my take. Uh, I don't want to be too hard on it, though, because, again, it was kind of, kind of outside the writing control. And it was, I mean, the thing that's so fascinating about Deep Space Nine, I think, is going to be lost on people who watch it, like, maybe, like, 20 years from now, I guess. Which is that it was so groundbreaking at the time. Between this and, like, Babylon 5, these were shows that were kind of creating the language of how to do this ongoing sci-fi story on tv basically you know next gen was strictly episodic and deep space nine is trying to do something else and they kind of go with a little bit of a hybrid approach and they keep kind of pushing the envelope and testing the boundaries um and they're kind of inventing and making it up as they go along nowadays people you know people who make shows are way more sophisticated about you know like the, the final 10 episode arc of two face nine is just like when i was watching that at the time i was like oh my god no one's ever done this before so mm-hmm. if there are like little cracks here and there you're basically just like well i understand why it's not perfect um no one's ever done this before and now everybody does that you know everybody does well i was about to say like everybody does like you know 10 episode arcs but like the thing about it is some that's shows do whole don't, season yeah well sometimes <laughs> yeah. don't even bother with that because like no we're gonna do eight episodes we can't even do 10 like we're gonna do eight and that's it you know so like in a way kind of nobody does this anymore yeah. um yeah. yeah but like it's really interesting to watch in the sense of like this is them learning how to do something like this um it's really cool well
1: well in terms of the Dax and Worf relation the Esri and Worf relationship that they were talking about in this episode, I i was i was uncomfortable when they had that little dalliance as they call it in the Mm. the previous episode it was Mm -hmm. it felt awkward to me and i don't know um if that's just my my bias because i i don't know i don't know why exactly is it what what about it bothered me but because it she just seems so much more innocent i think Mm -hmm. than him and even though she had this dex all these Dax memories that's the interesting thing about the the symbionts is because your personality changes a little bit so whoever Esri was before that is not exactly the same as who she is now so Mm -hmm. um she definitely has those Jadzia memories so they they needed to come to terms with it and I think the best place for them to do it was locked in a prison uh cell (laughs) because sometimes Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you're like, as like a TV trope, we gotta Mm -hmm. get we gotta get through this right away. Let's lock them in a room together. They can't get out. (laughs) They have to deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And
0: (laughs) I I did I did like the handling of. Okay, we we don't belong together. In fact, you know, and Mm -hmm. we're gonna. But I think that that probably was the payoff to the uncomfortableness of the previous episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. A little bit. Um. Probably should watch that episode, I guess, to see to see if mm. it really is. I'll oh, check. it's
1: fine. You know it's how hard. you know how you, you're like when you're in the woods with an ex-lover and things just happen. You know how I that happens with that. To you yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I
2: do know about that. Uh huh. <laughs> um, one thing I was uh, it's it's been a it's been a while since I rewatched Deep Space Nine, but like one thing I thought watching this episode is I think there's an earlier episode that establishes that like it's a taboo for different. Once you change, but once I host changed bodies, yeah. it's kind of frowned upon for them to kind of restart yeah. the same, co- like, relationships and whatnot. And, like, uh, and, and I feel like the reason it happens in the final season of Space, Space Nine is basically like, well, we don't want to lose Dax, so like, it's fine. They kind of hand-wave it away. But you watch an episode like yeah. this, and you're just like, yeah, that's kind of why, that's a really good point, actually, why you wouldn't want to do yeah. this, you know? Like, it would probably make a lot of emotional sense to be like, I am never seeing Worf again, kind of thing, you know?
1: There seems um, to be yeah. some exceptions yeah. to that rule, though, because they allow you to have friendships, like yes. acquaintances, like mm-hmm. business business relationships, but in terms of, like, um, going intimacy Intimate, yes. intimate mm-hmm. you know, intimate partners, it's sort of frowned upon. Like you're supposed yeah. to leave your life behind, start a new life.
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I yeah, but I I am glad we I really enjoyed this episode though. I think it was it felt very um, you know, an episode of its of its um time within the grand scheme of things. Like there's so much going on, so much to catch up on, which I thought I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um Anybody else have any anything that jumped out at them? Any other final thoughts on this episode? Well, well
1: I just we, want
2: to say about Kai Nguyen real quick, actually.
1: Yeah, we were saving yeah. our saving our Kai Win thoughts for the end, I think, because this was why we were watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I, I love this interpretation of her character. Um, uh, well, I mean, you know, so... Uh, Kaiwin also often gets called Space Karen online, I think, and for you know, I think legitimate reason. Uh, oh, Carrie, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, um, uh, oh, I stepped in at this time. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> uh no, but like, I, I I love Carrie what you said earlier about how like she's someone who is absolutely convinced that she is in the right. She's found this specific intersection between she happens to, you know be part or organization or lead an organization that strokes her ego in the exact right way. And when she's in danger of losing that, you know, she, you see it reflected a lot. And there's a great scene in this episode where she goes to Kira for advice, which is monumental in and of itself. Yeah. That's a great scene. "Mm -hmm." And Kira, I think without any malice, you know, really, you know, says to her that, you know, if you've lost your way, what you probably need to do is, you know, kind of purify yourself and you need to step down as Kai. And that's when she gives up listening to her, you know, this idea of, you, you see this a lot, I think, in the present day, people who like to kind of make themselves the, you know, the moral majority, you know, like people who like like to lecture people on their morals, but like the, the minute the minute they would have to give up power, if it means correctly addressing their own morals, it's basically, well, I'm not going to do that you know um and whether it's people who are in the middle of you know scandals or things like that you know it's just this idea of just this idea of like well just because i have character flaws why does this mean i need to give up power don't you understand how power works um and i and i find that you know i find that very very interesting and just kind of troubling as a you know it's it's not hard Mm -hmm. to see the kai wins of the world honestly Um, yeah
3: it's really not yeah and and that oh after that, I mean, she tries to <laughs> communicate with the orb and or sorry, before that, and she's just pleading with this object to show her something and it's just not. Yeah. One thing that I really loved about that scene you were talking about, Mike, is Kira. Um, is that um Nana Nana visitor, right? That's that's mm-hmm. of, yeah, of yeah. that yeah. of the actor who plays Kira. I love how Kira is like fiery when when she's angry but there are these moments when she's delivering like big truths to people mm-hmm. and she's like uncharacteristically understated like she can see just how deluded and just how lost Kaiwin is and that she is too lost in her own pride and power to to see what she should do and instead of like yelling at her she just kind of has this aghast expression and says it almost and, and almost under her breath kind of just sort of gives up on the conversation which I I love you know she's not saying why can't you see that you're like way off the deep end mm-hmm. Instead, she just kind yeah. of goes you know they don't the the gods don't always speak to us with yeah. words mm-hmm. and the and yeah. um, this Kira also just happens ta- again,
1: yeah so. Kira just realizes that she's like uh, uh, Okay, I've done all I could.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and this also happens again uh in, in Tacking Into the Wind three episodes later. Uh oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Um but <laughs> but she she does she gives a similarly like weighty maxim to Damar. Yes. And that's probably my favorite piece of acting in the whole series. Is that little exchange between Kira and Damar in that episode where there's so much weight and so much pain, and it's just delivered in a way that
2: that you that gets it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I I love that scene too, especially because she says something very harsh but fair to Damar, and then she has a moment where she says, that was stupid, why did I say it? Like to herself, she whispers under her breath. And that one moment too is such a marker of how far Kira has traveled, because season one Kira would never have that conversation with herself. Yeah. Um, and and I love what that says about Kira Jay, the the, the what, what you just talked about with Kira's character and the way she I love the fact that Kira is coded from the beginning basically to be she she is she is very much an angry character. She has a lot of anger within her. And but I love the the flavoring they they add to her in the very beginning of the show that carries her out, which is that Kira is very angry and can get very righteous in her anger but she takes her faith seriously and she takes her role as someone who can counsel people on, you know, to, to someone, if someone is looking for her, for, for advice, even if someone she despises, like Kai Wynn, she's going to approach the topic earnestly. And I really love that about her.
1: Yeah. The, the reaction from uh Kai Wynn and Louise Fletcher's performance of when 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 Kira suggests this to her of like but the Bajoran people need me Mm -hmm. I'm needed I I can't how will I help them if I step down um it was so like believable like this this character has fooled herself into believing this and I and it made that's what made me feel like oh I didn't feel like she was lying to Kira in that moment. I felt like she was, she realized that this is what stood stuck with me. Like her whole life, she's been, she dedicated her life to her spiritual beliefs, to the prophets. Mm. She talked to the prophets, she prayed to the prophets, she lived the life that she thought the prophets wanted, and they never ever spoke to her. They talk to this alien person. They talk to other people. and she's over here reaching out and trying and trying and they, you know, forsake her. They don't have any they cl- turn their backs on her. They don't want anything to do with her. But she still believes that she has she knows what's right for Bajor. So that's what turns her. she doesn't doesn't realize in this episode that um Andrew is. Uh, goldie Cot. um mm-hmm. there's more greater episodes after this but i think this is just the turning point for this character where she realizes that sh- what she has believed has to change and yet she still thinks she's doing the right thing hmm.
0: yeah i can't wait to <laughs> see how the, this plays out <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, she really gets tied up into this intertwining thing where she, you know, and you see that as she ascends to Kai and whatnot, where it's, it's you know, she she sees her faith as she truly believes in it. That's what makes her so kind of scary and compelling. But, like, she also sees it as kind of transactional, where mm-hmm. she puts in the work and she gets the she she's gets a career the, politician she's a career politician she yep. gets the power and she gets the 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 ego stroking and flattery that comes with that power in return and the idea of giving that up as if it means nothing as if the faith itself is the most important thing and should be removed from those elements is completely alien to her
3: mm-hmm. but but no, no 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 but but that's not it it's 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 because when she gets better then she'll has, still have her position and mm-hmm. she'll be in a position to do so much good why can't you see
1: yeah it? yeah it's like mm-hmm. well, what do you mean i already apologized
0: Mm-hmm.
2: i already said i'm sorry how could a mm-hmm.
0: compromise i make early in my career affect my decisions later Yeah,
2: it's like it's like i don't know it's like when uh i don't know it's like when two people are running for public office and like maybe you know and one of them cheats on his wife and the other one says like that's awful and then you discover the other one cheats on his wife and he's basically and 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 uh and and i have no idea what two parties, these people could be, but I feel like one of them might say like, well, the fact that I actually did that, I, 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 I overcome my weakness and I dedicated myself to improving my character. That only proves how much more I deserve, you know, this, this role that you could elect me to than someone like that. Uh, Stuff like that, where it's basically just like, oh yes, in a way, you know, if you think about it, my weaknesses actually make me stronger
0: yeah the green, that's the excuse that try guy they just you know the try guys you know who those guys are those i just dudes?
2: read about this today yeah the try guy yeah yeah they
0: kicked one of the guys out because he got caught cheating on his wife uh and
3: yeah, yeah. There you go. So, and, the, they, and they kicked him out of out of like a job a business promise, make yeah. dumb faces mm-hmm. in front of a camera while correct doing ordinary where you shit. just try things you've never tried before
1: well, I like tried cheating on cheating your wife. You? Like cheating on <laughs> your wife. I'm a try I have
0: tried. She's I'm like, a try I tried. Like, I tried guys <laughs> to step up. It's so stupid in so many levels.
2: Um, well, I tried <laughs> cheating on my wife, and for three minutes, it was great. It's
0: oh,
1: not, it's not cheating. It's not cheating hmm. if your wife. If you tell your wife in advance.
0: So it's like I tell. Ah. My, it's like I tell Paul all the ah. time. You know, a partner <laughs> is a <laughs> hurdle, not
3: a wall.
1: Yeah, that's
3: what grandma used to say.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, oh the world you're constructing just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Hey, listen, they're, they're like
0: 85% jokes and 15%. I'm a bad person. You know, there's nothing, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> um right. well i i appreciate hearing the passion you all have for deep space nine and this particular episode and i'm excited to see the. i think i'm just going to see it through this this last sort of eight episode arc oh, and i'll, so I'll fill good. you in on, on how uh how uh <laughs> what i think i'm going to be like hated it no I, i'm probably I'm sure i'm sure i'll enjoy yeah. um does anyone else have any any fun because we are truly just about out of yes, time uh, any else have any like final thoughts or or things to bring up
3: i mean i feel like if you enjoyed this episode chris like this episode is mostly build up and even like yeah. the next episode is like huge oh i've actually
0: off. i'm actually two episodes through beyond this already i kept i kept going oh, cool, after cool. this cool. one so yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. as okay. i mentioned i'm i'm, I'm with kira i'm with kira and she's training um the uh kardashians
2: so, so. so good
0: <laughs> so good i am going to give my recommendation that i promised earlier in the episode yes and it's something that I referenced very lightly earlier a couple episodes ago, uh, something I used to play, which was Monkey Island back in the day. Oh, yes. there is a new Monkey yeah. Island on the Switch called Return to Monkey Island. It is Crazy. written. There is? The <gasps> yes, there is on the Switch. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> we're, we're getting it. We're getting it.
0: It's it's 25 bucks. It's worth it. Um, wow. okay. And it's written by, it. so all, all the interim ones after I think maybe escape, after the second one were all done by uh, third parties, not by Ron Gilbert, who did the original game. So Ron Gilbert is back for this game. Oh. Uh, and it's Very just nice. it has a touch, it feels like it's tu- made by the original <laughs> creators. It also feels older, wiser, a little sadder. Like Guybrush is like got like you know, gray hair and his beard. <laughs> and oh, like- <laughs> okay. It's an interesting take on things, but I think you'll still enjoy it. And I highly recommend mm-hmm. return to Monkey Island. Um, I'm not sure what platforms it's available on. You can use the Google machine. Mm-hmm any other recommendations
1: my well my final thought is if you have not seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest you should see it it's a classic Mm -hmm. movie um and there's so many great actors in it that you've seen in so many other things and uh christopher lloyd and brad dourif who are also on star trek so there's at least three star trek uh, yeah (laughs) crossover characters on it so you should definitely watch one flew over the cuckoo's nest
2: She's so that. great in that movie, especially... It's a slightly different kind of evil than somebody like, you know, Kai yeah. Uh, But, like, she... Just someone who is, you know, a careerist in her own way, but, you know, someone who gives a lot of her personality and faith and soul over to an institution that does not deserve those things and basically asks mm-hmm. her to do terrible things in return. She's she such a perfect face of something that's so unfeeling yeah. and is designed to be that way. It's... So it was such a wonderful performance.
0: Agreed. Jay, any final thoughts or recommendations?
3: Um, yeah, I read for an audition over the weekend. It was the first time I'd ever like done that in a setting where I genuinely didn't know any of the people involved. And I didn't know what monologue to choose. And my girlfriend suggested that I choose a monologue that I really love and feel. And the first thought I had was, Jean-Luc Picard from the episode <laughs> Measure of a Man where he's oh, arguing data yeah. science in front of the tribunal. Um, and I did that monologue. I It's a it's a great monologue, but then I just read the script of the whole episode and I could see it all playing out in my mind. And then I just sat in how like deep and thoughtful that episode is and how much ground it doesn't cover, but it suggests. Mm-hmm. That's just a great episode. Can you so, tell cool. us what Measure you were auditioning for? <clears throat> the Halloween Show at Crossroads Comedy Theater. Oh, great! Oh, fine. That's yeah, excellent. Fun. That's perfect. Yeah. So I'll fun. figure fun. out if I get it by Thursday. If I get anything. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll uh, we'll send good vibes in the, into the ether for you.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
0: And can you just uh, t- uh, take us out of the of the episode with just a little bit of that monologue? <clears throat>
3: <laughs> <clears throat> who, who wants to read for for you know? What? I'll just skip the command commander Maddox part. <laughs> so, so well actually no i'll do i'll do the commander maddox no part. we can we can do it just tell us where it is okay um well i need somebody to read as commander maddox and i need you to say i don't know a machine and then yes after when i prompt you okay okay i'll do it <laughs> i don't know a machine yes yes yeah Copy okay that. okay somebody somebody say an action
1: an action
3: A single Data, and forgive me, Commander, is a curiosity, a wonder, even. But a thousand Data's, isn't that becoming a race? And won't we be judged by how we treat that race? So I ask you, Commander, what is Data? I don't know. What is he?
0: A robot? Is he?